0: The Derek Duval Show is proud to present family-friendly content. However, for this episode, there may be some mild language used. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. It's The Derek Duval Show.
1: A show about the best of humanity with guests from all professions and walks of life.
0: Pop culture, interesting news, and hot takes.
1: Now, here's the number one host in your heart. Derek Duval.
2: And just like that, here we are again. Where has the time gone? Welcome to another episode of the Derek Duval Show. I am your host, Derek, and I am pleased you've decided to join me for another venture into the world of extraordinary people. This is episode 11, and we are still going strong, powering through to the hopeful end of the COVID-19 pandemic to a point where life will finally get a little bit normal for a good majority of us. Yours truly is in phase two of getting the vaccine, so I am patiently waiting and doing my part to ensure my good health and the good health of those around me. Speaking of health, I want to tell you a brief story, one that has plagued me for several months. Let's wind the clock back to November 3rd of last year yes, Election Day. This was my day that not only changed the nation, but also had a significant impact on my own health. I was working. My professional job, as much as I wish I was doing this for a living, it's not true. And suddenly, with zero explanation, I went completely deaf in my right ear. Stone deaf, no volume only, an intense humming and ringing. My head hurt. I immediately got in touch with my doctor. After a brief exam, they sent me to an amazing ENT specialist. I was giving audio response tests, no luck. I could not hear anything. The specialist prescribed me an incredibly high dosage of steroids. After a week, some hearing came back. After an audio test again, I had regained 35% of my original hearing. The ENT doctor had four theories as to the sudden loss. It was a virus, I had a brain tumor, I had a minor stroke, or the nerves in my ear were shot to a point that this was the end result. Now audience, The following, what I'm about to say, is for the strong stomach for us, so skip forward about 30 seconds if you can't handle some pretty gruesome uh, images. I was given an injection piercing my right eardrum with a dose of high concentrated steroids. Yes, it is as incredibly painful as it sounds. I was then sent for an MRI to confirm the stroke or a tumor. The results thankfully came back negative for both, which, much to my relief, one week later, I had another hearing test. I had regained 60% of my original hearing. The drugs were working. I was given another incredibly painful injection, and a week later, after an audiology test, I had regained 85%. The doctor gave me one last injection and said, quote, if this doesn't work, what you get is what you get. I am happy to report I have 95% of my original hearing back. Final diagnosis was idiopathic sudden sensorineural neural hearing loss. A week later, I was told by my doctor that there was a strong evidence to suggest that i had COVID-19, as reports of this diagnosis in COVID patients in one or both ears were popping and losing all hearing all over the world. What was it? Maybe we'll never know. But I want to thank the doctor who helped me, and I know you're listening because I gave you the link to the show, and you have said you have listened to it. Believe me, it was incredibly scary, and how we came out on the other end with the words, quote, defied medical odds Well, man, i tell you, it was intense. Well, there you have it. That's a very, very interesting story and one that I just wanted to share with you. Ah, yes. The beginning of last episode, we talked about the Welsh Rugby Six Nations campaign and how it had started. Well, good to report, Wales defeated a strong Irish side and then went down to the wire with a one-point win over our Celtic brothers, Scotland. Still a lot of rugby to be played, but so far, Wales are showing that they are a force to be reckoned with despite being injury-plagued. Now, on to the good business. We have a great show for episode 11. We have a special surprise cameo, and then there will be a fantastic in-depth interview with an up-and-coming singer and songwriter, Annabelle Guthers. She is an absolute delight, and I cannot wait for the world to meet her. So let's get right on into it.
3: And now, Derek Duvall's thoughts on life.
2: I want to talk to you about fashion, more specifically being known as a brand snob, I have a taste for the finer things in life, and it has been to the chagrin of my wife. The following brands are my favorite clothes, Under Armour and Nike. From my underwear to my workout clothes, to the very clothes I wear to my real-life job, they are one or the other. I even wear an Under Armour mask because of the pandemic. I figure if you want to do it right, then you get the best. I can to explain the reason I buy these brands is that you get a lot for your dollar. Almost all the clothes I have bought in the last few years are still in fine working condition. I even wear brand formal clothes. I have Hugo Boss or Giorgio Armani ties, Calvin Klein suits. I just like looking good. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Does it make me a brand snob? If favoring those brands over what you would buy for a lesser brand, then fine, label me that way. But there is no denying that my nice Nike shirts, my under armor shirts I wear to bed look nice or super comfy, durable as hell. And to be honest with you, I have zero intention of betraying my loyalty to those companies. And now, my favorite things.
0: Derek Duvall's Favorite Things
2: We haven't done one of these in a while. Derek Duvall's Favorite Things. Well, we will start with what have I been watching. That is simple. When I upgraded the cinema room in Derek Duvall's show HQ, I went with a 4K UHD projector, and damn, son, does it look incredible. I mean, really incredible. Now, I paid a considerable amount of money, and to get Mrs. Duval on board with this idea, I gave her the choice of the first thing we would watch on the projector. Her choice? Hamilton on Disney+, Plus in 4K UHD and Atmos sound. Now, here's the thing, okay? I've seen it once before, and it was perfectly fine. But Mrs. Duval, <laughs> Yeah, that's a totally different story. Ever see a dog finally get a hold of a squirrel they've been chasing? Yeah, that's how happy my wife is when she listens to the musical or watches the show. I will give it this. It's definitely appealing. I, I get it. You have to respect the masterpiece that Lynn manuel Miranda created. It's incredible. Uh, funny thing, I was speaking to a friend of mine recently who, like me, is a history nut. And we both joked um, that kids today will think that George Washington really did sing his farewell speech to the crowd. I, I'm telling you. But yeah... Hamilton, um, it's great, especially in 4K. Um, if you have the privilege to do that on uh, whether you have a 4K TV or or whatever, man, it's, it's well worth it. it the, the detail is incredible. And I really, really thank Disney Plus for having it on there. So uh, yeah, Hamilton, what have I been listening to? That's simple. Raise a hand if we remember 10cc. Oh, man. Yeah, I grew up with that stuff, man. I've been on a real kick lately with reggae holiday and rubber bullets and the whole thing got a lot of people today who have never heard of the band um but if you put a song on they have what i like to call the aha moment so uh yeah uh one of those bands that dad kind of drilled into me uh that and got free and cream and and all that um but yeah 10cc never got to see them live which is a real shame uh i looked them up on youtube recently and um, I checked out, you know, like Rubber Bullets or something like that. And they put out a kick-ass show. So, you know, maybe down the road um, when COVID decides to uh, go the way of the dodo bird, I'll make a trip out to go see them. That sounds like a really good time to me. And I, it's one of those rare moments where I'm like, I wish Dad was still around because we could have gone together. So, but yeah. Well, those are my favorite things. And uh, speaking of music... When it comes to music, there's only one person I trust to guide me through the musical world. Please welcome to the show, one of my best friends, Matty G. (laughs) Matt, welcome. How are you? Doing all right. How about you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Freezing my ass off, but we're good. Yes, you and and I both. Now, we have on the show a new and upcoming singer, and I know you. You have your pulse on all the musical happenings in the world. With the planet in <laughs> I, the. Yeah. I highly doubt that. Okay. <laughs> Too humble. With the planet in the state that it is, how do you feel the music scene has changed to adapt to these times we are in now?
0: Well, as you know, there's practically no live music. So most people have been either hoarding what they have and trying to hold and wait to release it until they can get closer to hopefully touring. But a lot of people have just started to go ahead and release their stuff. Uh, case in point, I mean, a mainstream band, but Foo Fighters, I mean, they've held on to that album for over a year now, and they finally released that. Um, a lot of people, too, have not only, you know, released new music, but I several bands I closely follow have started Patreons where you can, you know, join in on that. Then you can listen to demos of stuff they're working on, and they'll do uh, live shows over over that as well that you can attend. I did a live
2: show um, for one of my favorite musicians a couple months ago, and it ended up being a complete just mess. The, really? <laughs> the, the internet kept lagging. Everybody got kicked out of the room constantly, and it got to a point where um, they halted the show, and someone was able to get in um, accidentally back into the room, and he was probably the only person there, and you saw the the musician just <laughs> live it like he <laughs> yeah, was, was so mad and then of course then you know the technical difficulty were brought and we got back in and it was no problems after that but they were not prepared for um the, the, the volume of traffic for that for that kind of uh, a-list musician but yeah i mean foo fighters i mean yeah they I've, I've i've heard it it's good i i think they could have waited a little to release and then tour on it but you know
0: yeah i I think they felt the same too but like I said they've already, they had been sitting on it for a while so they were like forget it let's just go ahead and release it and put it out there and give people some new music so do you think enough time
2: will pass that so they can tour on it and still make the album relevant or do you think it's just going to be like hey it's out there we're going to tour on our next record could be could it be like an extended i guess like an ep or something like that maybe who knows
0: it could be i mean it is only 9 tracks long so i mean it's pretty short for a foo fighters record so I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, some other people, uh, like I know one of your favorite artists of you know recent time is Taylor Swift. Ah, oh, yes. She, <laughs> she, she took uh, you know, she released two albums that are definitely not like arena mm-hmm. pop albums. It's kind and of alternative release. Yeah, I mean it was it's uh they're pretty folky and but still she's still getting a lot of a lot of play out of that so. So
2: obviously, as you said, there are other ways with Patreon and other um, ways of, of revenue earning. Tell us about what the one that you've discovered lately.
0: Well, one of the uh, sites I go to to listen to bands and, and support bands is Bandcamp, which a lot of people I'm sure have heard, which is Bandcamp.com. But they've done this thing since the, since the pandemic started, they've had what they call Bandcamp Fridays, where the first Friday of every month, uh, Bandcamp waives their revenue share so that anything that the band or artist earns on that day goes directly to them. So you know, it's been in the millions of dollars that they've, you know, had during those days. Are we talking like A-list bands? Are we talking like, you know, underground well, bands? Both. Uh some some A-lists Stu- uh people are still on there but i mean you're not going to find people on there like paul mccartney or paul mccartney or taylor swift or anything yeah. but but a lot of the you know on the cusp mm-hmm. uh usually still have a uh, band camp page that you know you can go to i mean it's a it's also a good alternative i think to uh spotify because uh, as we all know spotify gives um chump change absolute dog crap yeah. for you know revenue sharing i mean it's just ridiculous. So unless you're like Beyonce, you don't really make much off of it. But yeah, Bandcamp, all right. Well,
2: we'll post a link to that on our uh, Twitter page and our website, com. Well, anyway, let's talk, obviously, big music news as well this week. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announces its nominees for 2021. Uh there's some names on here that, I mean, definitely first ballots. You know, I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, names on the list. You've got your one of your bands, Foo Fighters. Yeah. Got I mean I know you, and I know you love rage.
0: Yes. I I'm looking at the list right now and pretty much everybody on this list should be in. It's just one of those things that they only allow what is it? Three 7 or 4? It was 7. Is it 7? I think it's I 7. Never really had HBO so I could never really watch the uh <laughs> ceremonies or anything. I would just kind of you know, look at music news and see who got in or who got nominated and all that. But I'm now I'm not as big a big Foo Fighters fan as you. I mean, we
2: know that we've had long conversations in private about that. But I feel like the Foo Fighters being on this list is a
0: little premature. I mean, I, have they been around that long? Twenty five years. Yeah. Jeez. They were supposed to have a twenty five year big worldwide tour last year for it, and of course, COVID canceled everything. Yeah. A lot of the uh, interviews that uh, Dave Grohl has been on, he's talked about how they had all these, you know, thousands of. <laughs> 25th anniversary tour t-shirts printed off with <laughs> dates and everything. And now they're just sitting in boxes in their warehouse. So those would probably be like a hell of a collector's item if they were ever to be released, you know, like the, the tour of it never happened, you know? Yeah. Who I have no idea if he, if they tried to get refunds or send them, I don't know. That's, that'd be crazy. So let's yeah. talk, I
2: mean, obviously on there, there's some lists. I mean, LL Cool J famous, you know, legendary in the rap business, Jay-Z again, one of the greatest rappers of all time. But you've also got some you got some prog rock in there too. You got Todd Rundgren. You've got, you know, um, and then of course, I mean, one of my personal all time favorite bands. You got Iron Maiden, and they should have been there a long time ago.
0: Yeah, uh, I figured uh, between you and uh, previous guest of your show, Chad. Yeah, the two of you are big Maiden fans, and I'm sure would love to see them finally get in. Oh, but, I have yeah. no question that they're definitely a first a first ballot. Now let's talk
2: about uh, Rage. Now, do you think Rage? Uh, will accept the nomination.
0: Yeah. I, I'm kind of torn on this because part of me thinks that they would just be like, thanks but no thanks. Like Sex Pistols? Yeah. Tom Morello, the guitar player. I mean, he's, he's big into, you know, music history and stuff. So he might, if anyone did it, if someone just showed up, kind of like Radiohead did a couple years ago, where one or two of them show up to say thanks and, you know, Think, you know the people that helped him out, I think he would be one of them. But that that's that would be interesting. But I unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get in this first year. But I think they deserve to be. I listened to Tom Morello um, on Lithium on Sirius XM. He hosts
2: a, uh, a an hour-long show once a week. And the selections that he uses uh, during that hour, some bands you've never heard of. I mean, we're talking some really – I'm sure you have heard of them. But then again, he also throws like some of his ra- some rage in there and some of his other side projects uh-huh. that he throws in there, too. It's, it's one of my favorite shows on lithium to listen to on a,
0: on a consistent basis. Yeah, he's pretty eclectic, dude. I mean, graduated from Harvard, <laughs> political science degree, I believe it is. Uh, but yet, you know, grew up total metalhead mm-hmm. and uh, hell of a guitar player. Absolutely, yes. Hell of a guitar player. He's also one of the board members of the uh, Woody Guthrie Center. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Ah, that's really right cool. Right here in town. Right here in town.
2: That's awesome. But you got like, you know, Shaka Khan, you got Devo, um, Kate Bush. I, I didn't really see Kate Bush being on this list, but there you go, right on. Um, and then, of course, Mary J. Blige, one of the greatest uh, R&B rappers uh, there is. So it's a good yeah. list. It's well-rounded. I feel like it's uh, very inclusive.
0: Inductees will be announced announced in May, so are they still doing the vote? I saw yes some they are. Here. Yeah, they are. Offers fans to be tuned to participate in the induction with a fan vote. The fan vote. Yeah. Well, speaking of fan vote, you know who won the fan vote last year was Dave Matthews band. I remember so, that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, ever told have I ever told you yeah. my Dave Matthews story? No. Tell me. Were you under the bus when they let out all the poo in Chicago? <laughs> No, <laughs> I think you would have got some settlement no, on that. I think geez. I would have heard about that by no, now. No, no, no.
2: No, um, it's funny. I, I've had the opportunity to see Dave Matthews band five times in, yeah. my, in my life. I have never seen them live. I have bought tickets five times. I have never seen them live. Um, every time when I was, of course, when I was in the Navy, I was living in San Diego and they came and they put, they, they came to San Diego a couple of times. And every time I bought tickets, something emergency, we'd have to go out to sea or, um, you know, an unforeseen, you know, naval incident where we couldn't leave the base or something like that. Have you been able to get rid of them? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to eat them? No, I had to eat them back then. They didn't have like stub hub and all that stuff back then. So I had to eat it. And then, um, well, of course then I you know, I got out of the military, I moved back here and they came, you know, Oklahoma City. This is before BOK Center came along. They came to Oklahoma City, came to um Dallas or to Kansas City, bought tickets, never got to go. Something came up, I couldn't go. Uh came to B O K Center, couldn't go. So I've kinda given up on the I've kinda given up on the idea that I'm ever gonna get to see Dave Matthews band live. It's just not it's like the universe is like, No no, no no.
0: Yeah, I think uh stereotypically, I went, I saw them when I was in college and, uh, <laughs> uh, I prefer, I think I have all the, I have a couple of Dave Matthews albums, but they're all live albums. Cause I mean, I listened they're to all the great latest, musicians. The Central Park and, one is
2: great. Yeah. I love the Central yeah. Park one. That's a really, really good album. But yeah, that's my Dave Matthews story, man. I've, I've never seen Dave Matthews band live, which really, really hurts my heart. But I just, I've gotten to a point at my age, I'm like, well, maybe it's just not meant
0: to be. So, geez, you make it sound like you're like seventy three, dude.
2: <laughs> Feel seventy three.
0: But yeah, I mean, has there ever been a band that's that's kind of eluded you all your life? Oddly enough, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, as you know, I'm not huge onto. I'm not huge into really, really heavy music. Mm-hmm. Um, I have specific bands I really like, and I've always liked Rage. Um. I actually had tickets to see. They were they were going to do a double bill back in the late, I can't remember if it was late '90s, I think, or maybe early 2000s, with Beastie Boys. Mm. And that'd be in a hell of a uh, lineup right there. Yeah, they ended up canceling the whole tour because I believe one of the Beastie Boys ended up breaking their show like their collarbone or something, and mm-hmm. he ended up needing surgery or something. He ended up having to scrap the whole thing. And then, so I was pretty excited whenever one of my favorite uh, hip hop groups is uh, Run the Jewels, mm. and they put out a new album last year and uh, announced a joint tour with Rage, which would be going on right now, and had dates nearby that I was like, "Hey, I'll finally finally get to see Rage," uh, but didn't work out. Of course, COVID screwed all that up too, so. So, uh, yeah, Manny G,
2: thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Yeah, no problem. I hope to one day be in the same room <laughs> with you again. Perhaps. Preferably perhaps. throwing darts in my direction. Uh, oh, at you. At okay, me, yes, at, at me. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see okay. how, just how,
0: how good your accuracy is these days. Uh, I'll miss you then because I haven't played in over a year now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.
2: Okay, we're going to take a little break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, as well as some promos for some podcasts that are just pure friends of the show, and you really, really need to hear them. We'll be right back.
0: Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite
2: podcast platform today. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season, so suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Pogo to bring our listeners up to 75% off of selected items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co slash MBA for up to 75% off select items from the MBA store. The MBA, where amazing happens, and Michael Jordan remains the greatest of all time. Be sure to say that the Derek Duvall Show sent you there at checkout.
0: Okay, Jason, test of our friendship. Which is better, Van Halen or Van Hagar? Man, honestly, I think Van Hagar has better music. Here. Oh no, 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 it's Van Halen. You're wrong.
2: <laughs> what about Michael <laughs> Jackson's Bad album versus Michael Jackson's Thriller album?
0: Thriller, obviously, bestseller ever. No, no. See, people trick themselves into believing <laughs> that it's actually bad. <laughs> okay, Trading Places versus Coming to America. Trading Places is the funnier movie out of this deal. No, Coming to America is the funniest movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you find yourself backing one of us or the other of us, you need to be listening to the Shirley. You Can't Be Serious podcast. That's right. We have a friendly discussion. Dee and I are best buddies and we take a deep dive and look at the behind the scenes stuff, the history and the fun facts of all these wonderful movies and music from our youth. It's really just an opportunity for us to geek out about the things that we really loved growing up. For example, do you know the actor that was in Star Wars, Batman 89 and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, sure. It's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford wasn't in Batman. Oh yeah, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams was not in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Who was it? Well, you've got to tune in to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast when we discuss Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Back to the Future to find out the answer.
2: All right, welcome back. I hope you've refreshed your drink and had a nice stretch. We're now going to go ahead and get into our interview with up-and-coming singer Annabelle Guthers. Welcome to the show for the first time, upcoming singer and songwriter Annabelle Guthers. Annabelle, welcome to the Derek of All Show.
3: Oh, Derek, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
2: (laughs) Thank you. How are things going for you today?
3: You know what? Things are going well. How are things going with you?
2: We can't complain. I always start off my interviews with the same question. How is the COVID world treating you?
3: Wow, that is a great question. I would say pretty okay. I'm in, you know, thank God I'm in good health. My family's in good health. And that's really all that I can ask for. So all is good. And I've been able to stay in my pajamas for months on end. So I have no complaints whatsoever.
2: <laughs> you, You are living the dream right there, I believe.
3: The, oh, my the pyjama dream always <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. We're going to go ahead and take it back to the beginning. Tell us a bit about yourself and at what age did you find yourself musically inclined?
3: So, I'm Annabelle Guthers. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm also a student at Berkeley College of Music. I'm in my last semester right now, which is just so hard for me to believe. And hmm, when was my when was I drawn to music? Uh, my mom would say I could sing before I could talk. She said, you know, you used to hum before you said anything. So I would go with that. I would say there's no proof of that, but I'm I'm inclined to believe her. So I would say from birth, I mm. just, I love singing. I love music.
2: <laughs> so as you've gotten older, how many instruments do you currently play right now?
3: Okay. So I would say I'm most proficient on saxophone and guitar, And I am a keen learner on keyboard and drums. So I would say four. Really? You know what? Let's go with three and a quarter because I don't know if I could count the drums.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about saxophone. Do you find uh, any kind of jazz influence or you just just play for fun?
3: You know what? I played in my school band in high school and I just absolutely loved it. And I think part of my love of band class in high school is what propelled me to go earn my bachelor degree from Berkeley later on.
2: A lot in the positive buzz around you, some saying you are, quote, Generation Z Stevie Nicks. Who do you draw inspiration from, and where where do you get your influence, mostly?
3: Okay, well, that is the greatest compliment I've ever received, so thank you so much, Derek. Oh, my goodness. I would definitely say I draw influence from Queen Stevie. You know, Fleetwood Mac is a huge influence. I would say Taylor Swift is definitely influential, Um, but I definitely... I feel like I pulled from a lot of different styles. I wouldn't say I'd say my music is stylistically quite eclectic. And I think that's in part due to the variety of music that I enjoy listening to. I like listening to Alicia Keys, Bruno Mars, Gladys Knight in the Pit, of course Fleetwood Mac. So I think mm-hmm. I draw inspiration somewhat from all of those artists.
2: I of course go back to as far back as Buckingham Nicks. I think Frozen Love is probably one of the most prolific duets their two part harmonies were incredible but um, um yeah. absolutely
3: yeah. wow that's just remarkable
2: mm. Fleet, i mean i will say this if you if you get the chance to um obviously i am a little more jaded about the current lineup of Fleetwood Mac but uh if you get a chance to see Stevie <laughs> get up as close as possible because uh, she definitely puts on a, a a performance for the front row
3: consider it done <laughs>
2: So I got to ask, you know, the new single, Mountain Man, tell us about the background of the story and how long did it take you to write and produce?
3: Amazing questions. So Mountain Man is actually about one of my cousin's relationships. She was with her now ex-boyfriend for so long. And I really, I really felt like they were going to get married. They were together for like 10 plus years. And one day my mom came to me, she's like, oh, just thought I'd let you know they broke up and I was I was absolutely shocked I was like that that cannot be they're the perfect couple and so I do what I what I usually do when I need to you know better understand a situation or an experience and I turned to song and initially it was going to be a breakup song and I try and write one song a week but for some reason I wasn't lyrically it wasn't where i wanted it to be melodically it wasn't so i just kind of kept writing for about a month and in the fourth week i said okay if i if i can't finish this song i just have to put it behind me and forget about it which is not really how i like to write i like to finish and just consider it done um and so when i was revising and i was reviewing the lyrics i was like i think these are too vague and the reason being i didn't really know why they broke up I really knew their love story as you know this magical and beautiful story. And so I realized I needed to change my the perspective on my song, and so I opted to make it a love song in that moment. and I knew the chord progression I wanted, and I started to you know compile sort of you know mentally compile facts about um, her now ex-boyfriend in my mind, and I wrote it from her perspective. and that's really how it came together.
2: All right, we're going to listen to that song right now. And uh, after that, we're going to hear your thoughts on what you think when you uh, hear it again.
1: i The galaxy is mine when I'm with you And I'm yours, we're in love, and this is true In your eyes i get lost in the deepest blue You're a drummer in a band that doesn't have a name yet Build empires out of sand But you don't like the beach, you're a mountain kind of man mountain kind of mad
2: Fantastic. What do you feel when you hear the finished version of that song?
3: Oh, wow. I definitely feel, um, I feel calm. I got to say, I, there's something very soothing about it. I think also when I was listening to the mix, I feel like music really connects you to the experiences. And for me, I, it always brings me back to writing the song and listening to it for the first time. And I remember I, the first time I listened to the final mix, we were driving, Um, Or not the final mix, but the first mix, we were driving to New York, my family and I. And so it always brings me back to that moment of, you know, I had definitely a sense of of pride, like, oh, wow, I I finished this song. And one that took me so long to write. And it also makes me feel nostalgic. And, you know, it makes me want um, my cousin and her now ex boyfriend to get back together. But I don't know if it's going to (laughs) happen. Have they heard the song? They have. They have, actually. I don't know if my cousin has, but I know her ex boyfriend has because he reached out to me, which was just, which sort of put me. I was beside myself. I was like, "This is so exciting! <laughs> now let's make it happen."
2: <laughs> what was it? I mean, was it a positive reaction? I, I assume.
3: Oh my, so positive! And his mom wrote me too, so I felt like you know what. I feel like I did my job. I did their love story justice, and that's all you could really ask for as a songwriter, as an artist.
2: Absolutely. So tell us about how Loose Ends is coming along and when do you plan on releasing it?
3: Loose Ends, you know what? Loose Ends has come along. We actually finished um, mixing and mastering the entire record during the pandemic. So I had to do it remotely, which was really fascinating because I always thought that I'd be in the studio to mix and master the record. But doing it remotely, it actually really worked out. And it just shows how, you know, technology has made everything very accessible, which is just incredible and we're not sure when it's going to come out as of right now i believe it will be released sometime in in this year sometime in 2021 and i'm so excited because i really held on to these songs for quite a while Mm -hmm. i some of them i mean i wrote like five years ago so i'm really excited to finally share um, my music with anyone willing to listen
2: you mentioned the pandemic and that brings me into our next question with the global pandemic entertainers have pretty much had to reinvent how to get their music and their art out into the world. How have you been able to navigate that challenge?
3: You know what? This is my first time releasing music. So I don't have a gauge per se of what it would be like to release music prior to a pandemic. But I will say, so I'm really trying to market and promote it online. I would love to perform it live eventually when the pandemic does subside and things return to normal. But until then, I'm definitely trying to engage with the listeners and followers and potential followers on social media. And again, that speaks to, to technology and how it makes really everything accessible.
2: I would love to see a time machine go back and see if like the Beatles or in your, in, again, Fleetwood Mac, how they would have been if there obviously, you know, there was a pandemic and there's no pretend there's like, there's no social media for that time. It would be interesting to see if they would be as prolific as they are now
3: it would be so fascinating and you know what makes it what makes it challenging is that there's so much content online so my dad is always like it's like screaming into a void and you just try and get your voice heard
2: Uh, it goes the same for me as well you know with with the show you know there's a million shows like mine out there so you just you try to find your niche about what sets you apart from the rest so i totally understand that 100 actually you must be getting quite a, a following online i'm i'm assuming what how has the reception been
3: Oh, my. So positive. I honestly, I could not um, be more grateful to everyone who's listened and everyone who's commented and messaged me. I just brings um, brings me so much joy and fills my heart really with gratitude.
2: Um, I'm sure that that I already know the answer to one part of this question, but I've got to ask. Are there any musicians out there that you would just to collaborate with?
3: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, Stevie Nicks. Those are just, those are like the first ones that came to mind, but there's honestly likely dozens upon dozens upon dozens. Those are the first, though, that definitely came to mind.
2: To hear someone actually say Taylor Swift is actually quite refreshing because a little known fact about Derek Duvall is he kind of has a little bit of a Swifty nation inside of himself. So
3: now uh, we're talking, Derek. Yes.
2: um, (laughs) Blank space. You know what's on blank space?
3: Of course if, I do. If
2: it, if it comes on in the car, I will lean into that song, and my wife uh, is like, "Are you kidding me right now?" It's like, "Leave me alone." <laughs> this song is great. It.
3: I ha- honestly, Taylor writes masterpieces, so mm. I I lean into blank space all day, every day. You can well, tell your that, wife that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, the funny thing is, like I said, for for a person as old as me, like everybody's kind of like, "Really, Taylor Swift?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then I, I always remember I was, you know, how sometimes you get sucked into the YouTube vortex. And you oh, find always. Constantly just watching stuff. One night I was, you know, listening to Spotify about something. And suddenly, obviously, Blank Space came on. I said, I have never seen her perform that live. So, of course, you know, you go to YouTube. And apparently, and I'm, I'm sure I can post the video on my Twitter page. She performed it as the first dance for a couple at their wedding. Like she just randomly showed up and played it on a piano for a, the first dance for this. And I'm sitting there like, that's interesting. But uh, yeah, it was, well, quite, it was actually quite impressive.
3: That is, oh my goodness, what a dream for that couple. That is, Wow. Yes, I am a, I am a diehard Swifty for sure. I'm, she's such a versatile artist too. Just She's able to write in any genre. You know, she started in country, now pop, and now alternative. I mean, there's nothing Taylor Swift cannot write.
2: She reminds me a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking night and day a little bit. But the way she keeps reinventing herself it slowly reminds me a little bit of Depeche Mode. Are you familiar with Depeche Mode?
3: I am not familiar, but I'm definitely going to look into this Depeche Mode.
2: Depeche Mode was is um, an early 80s. They're, they started off as a synth band, and then they progressed into uh, rock, and then they went back into dance, and then went back into alternative. And they they've kind of reinvented themselves as the generations have evolved and if you i'm I'm not gonna lie to you as soon as we're done here i strongly advise you to go listen to some depeche mode as i as i encourage everyone in the world to Uh, They're (laughs) one of the biggest bands i know they just got into the rock and roll hall of fame this year but they're definitely one of the biggest bands in probably rock history they came and toured america a couple years ago and sold out every show it's incredible
3: i have marked it down and that is when we're off that's exactly what i'm going to be doing
2: Definitely um, get on my Twitter page. Tweet me which ones you listen to. I'd love to I'd love to have a back and forth with you about it. So I could talk to Peshmoot all day. So Done. I want to take a minute and let's discuss Annie's Pajamis. I heard about that and I, it just tickled me something crazy. Tell our listeners about it <laughs> and how that came to be about.
3: So Annie's Pajamis is a social enterprise. It's my social enterprise that strives to build intercultural confidence through experiential learning, which is like a really fancy way of me saying that it's basically a children's picture book series in conjunction with the corresponding line of pajamas and the children's picture book series is quite didactic and it follows, you know, young protagonist Annie as she travels around the world and she learns about the world in her magical pajamas. And so that's a bit about um that's a bit about Annie's pajamas.
2: Wow, that's awesome. Where can our listeners find that if they want to get a hold of it?
3: They could find it on our website anniespajamas.com. They could find it on Amazon. They can find it also ebooks. You could find it in, you know, the iBook store, any Kindle, any device like that, e-reader, I should say. That is the kind of device it is. And right now we're still working on the pajamas. Basically, we we're ready to go into production, but due to COVID, everything really slowed down. But the book is ready and a portion of the proceeds from every unit sold is donated to um, an education-based charity where Annie travels.
2: Ah, that's very noble. In the country again. that I'm I, I quite like that. That's that's very noble.
3: And well, why thank you so much.
2: <laughs> what are your plans uh, going forward? Obviously, you know, 2021, hopefully, we will be night and day from last year. Uh, last year, obviously, was a nightmare for everyone. When everything gets back to normal and venues start to open up, are you looking to tour?
3: I would absolutely love to tour. I'd love to perform live. Um, obviously, release more music. I thought, you know it's so interesting. You write a whole body of work, and then you're ready to release it, and then you start writing more. So I just wanna, I just wanna keep sharing, keep writing. So yeah, keep sharing my music with everyone. Keep writing music, performing, and just, and just growing as an artist and as a person. I think that's what I look forward to in 2021.
2: That's outstanding. I you're my...
3: outstanding, Derek. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you're too nice. <laughs> so I finished my interviews with the same question. If the entire planet was listening to this exact broadcast, what would be the one single thing you would say to the people of Earth?
3: Wow, okay, that's a big question. I say this all the time, and I probably sound like a broken record, but I don't think truer words have ever been spoken. It's my favorite quote, it's a Maya Angelou quote, and she said, people won't remember what you said, people won't remember what you did, but people will always remember how you made them feel. And so if I was speaking to everyone on the planet, I would just implore them to treat people with kindness, with compassion, with understanding. And that's how I would end this interview with that with that final word, with those final words.
2: <laughs> that was, that's actually pretty good. I've not had anybody use a quote from someone yet. That was, that's set you apart. very good.
3: Oh, right. thank you. It's really my it's my favorite quote, I think, of all time, because I feel like there, there's nothing true. Just people remember how you make them feel. So just, you know, try and make people feel good as best you can.
2: Maya has a tendency to be quite timeless with her uh, with her words.
3: Certainly, certainly, mm-hmm. certainly.
2: All right. Go ahead and tell your fans how they can find you.
3: You can find me on social media. My handles at Annabel Guther's. A-N-N-A-B-E-L-G-U-T-H-E-R-Z. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. You name it, I'm on it. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's
2: great. That's great. That's great. You've you've rehearsed that very well. That came out very nicely.
3: Can I be honest with you? That was the first time I said that. Are you serious? I know. I was. Sur- I have to say, I was surprised that I got it like so smoothly the first time. I was like, don't mess this up, Annabelle.
2: <laughs> All right. Annabelle, this has been an absolute delight for me. I'm sure my fans join me in wishing you nothing but the absolute best. Best of luck for your career.
3: Thank you so much. Honestly, this has been such an utmost pleasure for me as well. Thank you so much for having me, Derek. You're you welcome. are extraordinary. Oh,
2: thank you so much. Well, that was a complete treat. What a wonderful young woman. And as I said, we all send our best wishes to her as she starts her musical journey. She brought the thunder to episode 11, that's for sure. Hopefully down the line, we can touch base with her again. I don't want to brag, but we've been booking some incredible guests, and we will be revealing them to you when we are ready. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. I mentioned earlier in my What Am I Watching segment that I recently was treated to a screening of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. During the credits, I heard the remix of My Shot, by Busta Rhymes, Joel Ortiz, and Nate Roos. I've never been a huge hip-hop fan, but the lyrics on that rendition have spoken to me on a primal level. The Derek Duvall Show is my gift to the world, and if my shot is me being held accountable to creating the best content possible, then I am never going to throw that shot away. So on that note, I will say I cannot wait to speak to you all again. Be safe. Be well. And for the love of God, wear the damn mask. It's not going to kill you. In fact, quite the opposite. So on behalf of the entire team of the Derek Duval Show, don't throw away your shot. Opportunity only knocks once. See you soon,
0: planet Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.